A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know Hello, Hello babies. babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thanks for listening to <laughs> our, our show. show. It's a podcast. Here's what that means. Just kidding. <laughs> this is the first episode. Podcast is defined as <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines <laughs> podcast as this best, is a very old version of Webster's Dictionary that does not have this word in it. The best way to start any speech or lecture mm-hmm. of any kind. Uh, the old dictionary. <laughs> there was a an onion headline that I saw recently that was like Hotshot graduation speaker doesn't even bother def- giving Webster's definition of courage at the beginning. It's very funny. <laughs> really good. Um, Maverick. I wanted, I forgot to mention something in the last episode, which was that Kathleen Hanna came to one of my shows in oh my LA God. when I was practicing for my special, and it was so cool. Wait, did she say hi and stuff? Or yeah. Like, oh my God. So she got there early and she was there with like a couple people I know, but, um, she was like the first person to walk in and I was just sitting on stage writing out my set list with just the stage lights on me. And she just walked in and I was like, ah! uh, <laughs> but we had just like, uh, emailed about maybe using a La Tigra song for, ah, uh, cool. The opening of my special, but she was really nice. And I was like, I am a big fan. And she was like, I'm here to see your show. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's it, great. It was crazy. Uh, it was really cool. So I can die happy now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That's very exciting. Um, do you want to talk about Craigslist? Oh, sure. I've just been, um, you know, since I moved, I've been looking on Craigslist a lot just because I love to get stuff for a deal. Yeah. Um, it's been working out for the most part. Like I got this really great rug, as you can see. It's like originally from West Elm, but I found on Craigslist very, very lightly used. Um, and I know buying like a rug might be risky because of bugs and whatnot, but I brought it immediately to a carpet cleaning place. Oh, good. It looks um, really good. Thank you. I'm stoked about it. It's big old rug. Um, but like <sighs> Craigslist is really hit or miss because because some people, I feel like they post stuff on there and then they just don't understand what Craigslist is all about and they don't know how to do it right. And I'm like... They waste your time. They waste your time. Like, first of all, if you're going to post something on there, you have to like just get ready to get it over with. Like, if someone's interested, arrange a time for them to come over and don't like be weird about it. Like, I was trying to buy this bed for like a week and this guy just didn't understand. He was like, so it's really heavy. So how are you going to when you come look at it, how are you going to take, I'm like, I'm going to look at it. And if I want it, then I'll arrange for someone to pick it up like a couple days later. It's not a big deal. Like it's easy. And he just, he wouldn't respond to my emails for several days. And I was just like on the hunt trying to get this bed. And then I just gave up. Yeah. Did you ever buy one or did you? No. Yeah. Uh, sleep it just curled up on the floor. Yeah, no, we have <laughs> we have a bed, but it's like one of those old wire frames that we've had for like oh yeah six just years, like a platform. Totally, yeah, a, a nicer one. Um, yeah, I was trying to give away boxes for free on Craigslist and Nextdoor and Facebook, mm-hmm. and so many people were like, "Are these available?" And I'd be like, "Yes, if you can come pick them up, I will put them outside for you." And they just, they just wouldn't write back. Yeah, and then finally someone came to take them, and I put. Like I, I was out of town and I had Peter put them outside for her. And then she sent me a message like an hour later being like, I only needed a few. So I only took those. And no. like, I was like, no, we're trying to. So she, it was as if she didn't take anything at all. Yeah. 
you can do that too in an ad where you're like, take all or nothing. Yeah, I should have just done that. But it's annoying to have to say that. It's like, yeah. they're your problem now. You took them. They're free. <laughs> Enjoy. Take um, them. I also feel like, I feel like haggling should be acceptable. It's Craigslist. Like it's yeah. a used item. And like, um, I showed up to get this rug and like, I tried to haggle her down just $10 so that I could round down to like the nearest 20 I had. Cause I didn't want to break a 20. And she was like, uh, I'm like, look lady, no one else wants this rug. It's been on Craigslist for two weeks. I showed up. I'm standing here on the street with this rug. Yeah. Give me $10 off. Yeah. And then I felt like a cheap ass. Cause it's like, I can afford to pay 10 extra dollars, but come on, like but just come on. Come on. Just sell me this goddamn rug. Just give me your stuff. She like hesitated. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but then she let me. Um, yeah. Just, Very good. Just just do it right. Just be communicative. I also noticed, and I, I know that this is just like a part and parcel of people speaking English as a second language sometimes, but like when I post stuff for free on Craigslist to get rid of it, a lot of times the emails that I get are like, Give it to me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I'm like, is this a, an ESL thing or is this you being a jerk? It's so hard to tell sometimes. I get very frustrated with emails like that. But yeah, I, I think it is like a ESL thing. Yeah. And um, I've learned that the way people write emails does not correspond to how responsible or good of a person not they are all. to yeah. buy the thing. Like um, when I was selling my truck in Brooklyn, I got this crazy email that was all in, in all caps, lots of misspellings about how they wanted to buy my truck, to ship it to Africa, to like for this organization. And I was like, this is clearly spam. And then that was the person who ended yeah. up buying it. Whoa. They just showed up with the cash and were like, okay, I'll take it. Wow. I was like, what? You wrote the craziest email. You're going to ship my truck to Africa? Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Did you ever, uh, we've probably talked about this. Did you ever get any like Craigslist scams when you were looking for a place to rent? Because those were pretty common. I felt like when I was looking in San Francisco or New York. Like what kind of scam? Like people being like, it would just be like the most beautiful apartment you've ever seen. And then they would just be like, just come by and wire me a deposit and I will give you the key. I would love oh, to rent to you. And you'll be like, no, there's no way that this is happening. No, um, I did have things where I'd be like, it's a one bedroom and I'd show up and it was clearly like a bachelor, like, yeah, studio. You're like, this is not I'm a like, one bedroom. Fuck you. What did you think I would say when I showed up? Like, Oh, this is great. Never mind. I don't need all that space. I said I needed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a friend in San Francisco one time who, um, she like, uh, basically like showed up, like agreed to rent the apartment, paid a deposit to the guy. He gave her a key and then she showed up to move in and there was someone there being <gasps> like, what are you doing here? And she'd be like, I'm moving in. Uh -huh. And they were like, what are you talking about? And the person that she had paid the deposit to was the guy who was moving out. What? And so he basically just like sold her his key, but she wasn't, it had no right to the apartment. So she just got her deposit stolen. Oh my God. And didn't God. have a place to live. Oh my God. He Isn't that just, crazy? And he disappeared. And he just disappeared because he was like moving out of town. Oh my God. He like pretended like he was leasing the apartment, but he was really just moving out of it. That's a pretty good grift. Yeah. People are desperate for people. People are really live. desperate. Oh Jesus. The best Be Craigslist. Be careful out there, guys. The best Craigslist interaction I had maybe. Well, I've had a lot. I used to like... Yeah, I used to like post ads on there with my pickup truck and like move furniture for money. And that was crazy. I met all kinds of crazy oh, wow. people. Uh, <laughs> it was my early 20s. Were you buff? Um, I was like a, I was a larger woman. And so I could kind of use my weight yeah. to heft things uh -huh. more. So I guess I was buff in that <laughs> way. But I didn't like work out at all. <laughs> 
I was a thicker milkshake as Emily and Gordon would put it. Um, <laughs> um, but I one time was just like, I need bubble wrap. I'll trade whatever for it. And I traded a six pack of beer for a roll of bubble wrap. Whoa. <laughs> I just love things like I that. Love, I love Craigslist bartering. Yeah. That's what like people on there. I'm like, this is fun. This is a game we're playing to like save yeah. money and have a weird interaction. So And just be on the black market. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I only I like had a it. couple of creepy things happen, but nothing too life threatening. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Be careful out there. It's good to not have your life threatened. I enjoy that. <laughs> uh, we asked people on, on Twitter if they wanted advice. Oh, my goodness. And we've got some good questions. Uh, one person asks, should I serve durians at my next party? I know the fruit stinks, but it's my birthday. I say go for it. I say go for it. But make the party about that. Yes. Make, make it, it a durian party. A stinky party. Yes. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I would uh, totally go to a durian party. And Yeah. Uh, and then it's also really like lets all your guests off the hook. Cause if they don't like staying at parties for too long, they can be like, I'm leaving because of the fruit. It smells bad. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because I have social anxiety. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you should definitely do it. It's your birthday. Do whatever you want. Um, I still want to have a party where people pan for gold in a baby swim pool. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I still think that's a funny idea. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Someone said, Traveling tips and tricks. Packing. What should I pack that's perhaps unexpectedly essential? Oh, God. I don't know. I'm the worst at packing. I have such good advice for you. Mm. Number one, get some packing cubes. Oh, They're yeah. They're ideal for going on any manner of trip. Packing cubes are great. Packing cubes are great. It costs about 20 bucks, and uh, they keep your clothes clean and orderly and your suitcase organized while you're traveling. Yeah. Second, have a, uh, a toiletry bag that you just keep full of travel toiletries at all times. Don't take oh. your everyday to toothbrush and pack it in your toiletry that you're giving yourself work to do that you don't need to do. Just have your toiletry bag packed with duplicates of the stuff that you use every day. I'm learning so much. Uh, just, I mean, it just, it saves you time because then it's, it changes your packing. It eliminates 20 things from your packing list I and it puts it one. I hate packing toiletries. It's the worst. And you forget things every time. Here's some other things that I, I've found that I know I always want when I'm on a trip that I keep in my toiletry bag at all times. Uh, Excedrin. Um, and that's actually ideal if you can keep that in a part of your bag that you have in uh, your carry-on rather than mm. your checked luggage. Because if you're on a plane and you need Excedrin, you need it then. Um, fingernail clippers, definitely need those. Oh, yeah. Tweezers, always good to have. Um, sunscreen. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> what else? What else? Uh, that might be... That might be it. I'm trying to think of anything else that's unexpectedly essential. Glasses, cases. I always just bring all my butt medications, like every possible, every possible butt bad medication. thing that could happen to my butt. I bring it. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> smart, smart. Um, <laughs> as someone who suffers from cold sores, I always bring Valtrex. Yeah. Because if you're traveling and you start getting a cold sore, it's like it you got to deal with it right away. Um, and then other than that, an empty water bottle to fill up at the airport. Yeah. Uh this is oh, and a portable cell phone charger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And have that charge and also have the charging cable for that. Put all of that in your... And again, these are things that you should just have in a travel electronics thing. And you travel a lot. I so travel this a is, lot. So this is what this I've is learned good. over the past couple of years. You're of, good to go. You have like a go bag. I've got a go bag yeah. that is just is always ready to go with all of the travel stuff that I need. Oh, also, if you're traveling on a plane, here's a new thing. 
Uh, a lot of uh, headphones that people use now are Bluetooth. Those don't plug into the entertainment centers on airplanes anymore. Mm-hmm. So you got to bring some uh, plug-in headphones. Mm. Um, also, noise-canceling headphones. This is a new thing, too. Noise-canceling headphones on the plane because apparently the plane noise is so loud it can damage your ears. And really? so it's good to have noise-canceling headphones on even if you're not listening to anything on them and it'll cancel out some of the airplane noise. Um, and so I would say just have noise-canceling headphones that you use for travel. Uh, these are my travel tips. I learned so much. I'm glad. <laughs> uh uh, don't forget underwear. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget. I've had that happen. Yeah. Um, ooh, this one. Graduated art school last fall, and now I hate the work, and it feels inauthentic to my voice. Ooh. I feel like school placed emphasis on creating work that had a neutered tone to be acceptable to the widest range. Yikes. How do you promote yourself if you don't believe in the work? Start making work you do believe in. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't neuter your work at all. I mean, that's tough advice to give because... It, you do have to, if you want to appeal to the widest range, but is that important to you? Like, I feel like that makes boring work. Yeah. That's like know. certain kind of illustration. And I've always tried to veer away from that. Cause I just, it's not what I like to do and it's worked out for me. So I don't know. It's all luck. If you're trying to yeah. make it as a visual artist. I also think sometimes people are too hard on themselves for doing the work that they need to do to survive. Yeah. They're uncomfortable promoting work that they do that they might find more mainstream than what they actually want to work on. That's true. But I also think that as long as you keep doing both kinds of art, as long as you keep doing the art that you really believe in, as well as the art that makes you the money and putting your skill into it, you shouldn't feel bad about promoting it either. Yeah. But if it feels inauthentic to your voice, I would just yeah. really work on figuring out what that voice is and just give yourself... Um, give yourself permission to experiment and make work that's bad or, you know, uh, just kind of play around. My favorite artists are ones that, that are very playful in their work and try different mediums a lot and different subject matter and just kind of go for it and don't have their eye on like career success at all times. Yeah. Cause finding it in a roundabout way tends to lead to more interesting work. And as an art director, that's what I look for. Someone who has very strong interests and a strong point of view. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, The same person asked, (laughs) I have so much trouble telling white men apart. (laughs) (laughs) Context. I'm not white and never lived in a majority white country before moving to the U S especially if they are bald and older. It's just totally lost on me. Doesn't happen with any other group. Big issue as I'm about to move to Kentucky. I think it's fine. Can you, it doesn't seem like a problem to me. I mean, I get that it's, I will say as someone who like, I meet a lot of people. I don't always remember them. Uh, faking like, you know, them usually works. Yeah. Just say hi. Nice to see you again. No matter what. Yeah. (laughs) That's a very LA thing. Or just, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah, there's um, God, there's so many men at my work who are like have the same like brown beardy look, and I have so much trouble telling, telling them, them apart. apart. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have good tricks for this. I'm not good at it. Yeah, I'm not good at it. I good th- luck. But I think it's fine. I think you need to like feel okay with it. See if you can um keep a notebook where you write down distinguishing details about the people that you're having a hard time. Telling apart. Yeah, like he has big brown eyes or like he tends to wear plaid. The one who yeah clothes is risky because the one with the wife. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) The one with the wife. The one with the wife. There's only one with a wife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh 
Somebody <laughs> said, hi, Emily. He does not want you to answer this question. Uh, no. Hi, Emily. How do I get myself to pack a lunch more often instead of eating out? Great question. Well, good he didn't address me because I don't know the answer. <laughs> I feel like the trick is uh, to pack stuff you actually are going to want to eat. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be like on a self-improvement kick and I'll be like, I'm going to make my lunch and I'm going to eat healthy. And then I'll make a big batch of some healthy, disgusting thing. And then I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to eat it. Yeah. This is gruel. Make yourself something that's junk food and yeah. then you'll eat that. Put in something enticing in there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how to make you do it. I think you just go buy a bunch of ingredients and then do it all in one fell swoop so that you can have yeah. it packed ahead of time. Just make do it at night before the morning. Do it at so night. You don't, yeah. Do it in the dead of night. Do it in the dead of night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like a witch. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Should I go to law school at the end of this August or move somewhere warm and pursue art? Oh my God. Those are How do I decide? Can you go somewhere warm and pursue law? <laughs> why? Yeah. Some, why? <laughs> This is this two such different paths. Uh, maybe the law school that they're thinking of going to is somewhere that has a winter. Yeah. Oof, that's that a is, tough question to answer. Really law school tough. is very expensive, but at the same time, like, and you should really want to go there, I think, mm-hmm. before you go. But I've also, like, my uncle uh, went to law school, and I think before that he was a scientist but he said like even if you don't practice because i was thinking about going to law school at one point and i was asking for advice and he said uh even if you don't want to practice law i can't imagine living in this world and not going to law school because i don't know how i would understand how anything works what yeah wow that has stresses me out to this day (laughs) to know that there is much that i do not know about how the world works because i haven't gone to law school gone to law school wow so how much do you want to know about how the world works that's interesting but you figure out a lot about how the world works by going to art school too that's like a you get a whole different perspective on things right like just yeah by nature of living and learning you're gonna i mean i think it's possible to continue to pursue art while you are at law school Possibly, yeah. I'm like, as much as I like want to encourage people to pursue art, I'm also like, we need lawyers who give a shit about the world right now. Yeah, and it's hard to make it as an artist. It's hard to make it as an artist, and not everyone can do it. I don't know. How much do you care about making money in your career after school? Yeah. Also, yeah, I mean, are you going to go to art school or just pursue art? Because art school is expensive, too. Yeah. I don't know. I can't answer this question. Law school is expensive, but at least as a lawyer, you know you'll have a way of paying off. A way of paying loans. off. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this is a really tough decision tough, that I can't it's a make tough for decision. you. But good. You luck. should open an art law firm. Yeah. <laughs> give, give law advice to artists. Yeah. There you go. We've solved your problem. Then do it somewhere warm. Write a comic book about the law. Yes. <laughs> Someone said, how do I stop freaking out about a career path when people keep asking me what my long-term plan is, but I'm less than a year into an actual woman job? Ooh, what's an actual woman job? I think just like a grown-up job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think a good thing is to think of an answer for the question of what your long-term plan is that has nothing to do with your career. That's like, yeah. ideally, I'd like to um, be happy and yeah. maybe get a dog. You know, like that's always been the extent of my plans. Yeah. I've never had a long term plan. Uh, there's like, I'm, I'm going to badly paraphrase this, but um, Peter was telling me that there's like different types of thinkers. There's people who think about like 
a thing they want, a goal they want to achieve, and then they think about how to get there. And mm-hmm. then there are people who think about about things in terms of what do I have in front of me, like what skills, and then what can I do with that? Yeah, like, and those are different types of goal setting. Things. Which one do you think you are? Um, I think I'm the second one. Yeah, because I I don't think I was ever like I want to be a stand up comedian with this particular type of career. I was just like I like doing comedy it's fulfilling me right now. How do I keep doing it? And and what places can that take me? And then I've tried a bunch of different things along the way. I don't think I'm either. I think I'm just like, I want to try X. Yeah. <laughs> Not X the drug. I just, uh-huh. X or Y. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if you would like X. I don't want to try X to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't know anyone, any explanation either. If yeah. they're like, what's your plan? You don't have to, I mean, unless they're you're like your employer yeah. or something, you probably don't have to answer that question. I think maybe you should just be like, you know, I haven't figured that, that out yet. Do you have any ideas? And then just like nod through their answer and tune and then, them out. And then just walk away. Do yeah. you have any ideas? Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> someone else asked, should my wife, 18 month old, and I move from New York to LA? I thought they, the way they phrase this, I thought, should my wife, an 18 month old? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. You shouldn't. You should not, my wife, that. <laughs> move from New York to LA. Again, that's a hard question. Hard question to answer. What, what are the variables there? How many airborne allergies do you have? Because LA is bad. <laughs> I thought those things. my allergies are worse in New York. Oh, really? Weirdly. I guess it depends on like whether you're more allergic to trees or smog. Yeah. Um, do you, are you, do not like New York? Then you could try moving. Yeah. I, I like mean, LA. I like LA, but I also think maybe you should move to a swing state. Yeah. And start voting. <laughs> yes, there you go. This is my advice. No one, no one else moved to LA or New York. Yeah. Everyone needs to go to Wisconsin right now. They've got some cool stuff going on. Oh, Emily Gould asked a good question. Oh, what is it? Should you pluck an ingrown hair all the way out or just get it above skin level, then leave it alone? Um, I, by the time I get it above skin level, I'm so angry at it that I pluck it all the way out. Yeah. Uh, does it, if you pluck it all the way out, does it then get replaced by another ingrown hair though? Is that the question? I say pluck it, film it, send me the video. Yeah. That's what I actually want. I'm really bad about this kind of thing. I always do the most damage possible. Yeah. I me take too. a wrecking ball to my skin. So don't <laughs> <ask> me. <laughs> I do all kinds of crazy home surgery. Oh my God. I know. I'm like not allowed to use tools <laughs> for the most part because I don't use them very wisely. In the right way. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we have reached the end of our advice questions. Me with my skin is like the same as when I'm trying to like, uh, like hang a picture on the wall and I can't find the stud and I just keep drilling into the- Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm really I mean, bad at that the stuff. fact that you look for the stud is really impressive to me because I just never do that. Well, the way I look is I drill into the wall and see if there's a stud. <laughs> I've tried stud finders and they did not help me. I should just get a task rabbit to do it all. Yeah, I should do that too. Thanks for your questions, guys. Thank you so much. That's always fun. Yeah. To do. I feel like I don't know if I gave good advice. Oh, no, I never give good advice. Yeah. Don't listen to me. Here's some good advice. Well, I gave good travel advice, I think. You did, yes. Um, That was solid. Also, watch Hannah Gatsby special if you haven't. This is just (gasps) advice for everyone. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's so fucking good. I've never even heard of her before. Who is this person? I saw her show when I was in Australia last year uh, at the Melbourne Comedy Festival when she was like first 
working on it. And so it's changed a little bit since. Is she Australian? Then. She's Australian. And I, I knew who she was because she has a part on Please Like Me. Oh, um, and I heard that that show's great. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it. It's a great show. She's great on it. And her show is incredible and kind of like life changing and really like really makes you think about what kind of art you want to make and like what the function of a joke is. Oh my God. It's, and also, uh, deconstructs the idea of like male creative geniuses. Mm -hmm. It just really, uh, well articulates a lot of, uh, things that, uh, I've been feeling and also, Mm -hmm. uh, rage. It will make you very angry. You should, Everyone should watch it. Okay, I'll try to watch it tonight. So I'm also, I'm just like, I don't want to deal with any men who haven't watched it anymore in my life. <laughs> Harsh but fair. Harsh but fair. <laughs> um, all right. Should we do Chunch Let's Chat? Let's do Chunch Chat. It's time for Chunch Chat, a regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, fine wine, full moon, and we're chatting about chunch and chunch. So there's new, new Ben Chunch news. (laughs) But uh, on my last episode, I mentioned that she got some Sebastopol goslings. She got some new geese. And so here's some more information about that. Um, She writes, as many of you know, I've had a Pomeranian guard goose for many years. I did oh not know God. that. I don't know what that is. A guard goose. Is it a Pomeranian goose hybrid? I'm not sure. There's no picture. Um, they keep watch over my flock of chickens. They're also my pets. I love visiting them in their enclosure, and I appreciate their beauty and their company. Last weekend, five more geese joined my family. These are Sebastopol geese. I got them from breeder Brian Tallman in Pine Plains, New York. So I love how she shouts out her breeders. Yeah. Um, like Petaretti is her... Um, her peafowl breeder. I'll never forget his name, Petaretti. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Sebastopol goose originated in southeastern Europe and is named after the Russian city. These goslings will weigh at 12 to 14 pounds each when mature and have long, soft, quilled, frizzled feathers. But for now, they're nothing less than absolutely adorable. The Sebastopol goose is also referred to as a Danubian goose. The name Danubian was first used for the breed in 1863 Ireland. Wow. So that is some more information about Martha's new pets, five geese. Um, I will never, I should never underestimate Martha's ability to get more birds, more birds that are of a specific breeding. It's really interesting that like of all of the people in our world who most resemble the biblical character of Noah, it's Martha Stewart. <laughs> never she does. Expect. She does have at least two of literally everything. Yeah. <laughs> and an entire house for her baskets oh my god i hope she posts about that basket house again soon it's almost time to clean them out again i think (laughs) you know they're getting dusty if i had a house of baskets i can't even imagine how many spiders (laughs) would live in it can you can you think of a better place for fucking black widows than a shed full of baskets it's like the webs are already pre-built basically it's like yeah no thank you it's like oh my god that would just be terrible anything i put outdoors immediately becomes a house for a spider (laughs) (laughs) I know spiders they're, are good and they eat flies and mosquitoes or whatever. But, but also, all, literally every time I take a spider out of my house, I Google what a brown recluse looks like to all, make sure that it's not. They look just like black widows. They all look like poison. And their egg sacs are 
spiky. It's so gross. Ooh. Have you seen them? They're like a white ball with spikes on it. No, I don't like that. But that's how you know that's brown like Rikus because the black ones don't have spikes. God. They all look poison. And you don't want to be bitten by a brown recluse either. It's not good. It won't yeah. kill you, but it won't feel but great. It's not good. You might barf. Oh, God. I have Lisa's worst fear. <laughs> I know. When, I, when we first moved in here, I felt like a prick on the bottom of my <gasps> foot. And I looked and there was like a little like red mark. And so I thought I'd been... And then I saw a spider a second later and I didn't know what it was. And so I spent like the next hour freaking out thinking oh, I was going to die. That's so scary. <laughs> Just had like a hypochondriacal fit as i do anyways uh that concludes chunch chat it's time for one on fun emily yes um if you need to fight a scary stranger uh-huh. What's your weapon of choice? Oh, God. I don't know. You don't know what the scary stranger has on them, you know? So it's like... Yeah. But, you, you, but I have to fight. Yeah, you need like a hammer, a gun, a knife, or I think fists. Probably like a Wolverine uh, like mm. knuckle thing, because I feel like that would be hard for them to take out of my hand. That'd be cool. That'd be great. Yeah, With like spikes w- w- Wolverine brass knuckles. Yeah, it would be hard for them to turn that on me. Yeah. But... um. Will you scratch him? Yeah. Or like a, uh, a, uh, uh, like a Spider-Man web slinger. Is that, how, what are the rules here? Like you go and then, and, like out of your... and they're trapped in a web. <laughs> That's great. Or like one of those, like, uh, like a, a dug hole in the ground with leaves on top of it and I can just <laughs> run by it and then they fall into it. That seems ideal. Not a weapon, but I love it. <laughs> I like that you just have that set up for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to think about the reality of doing this. <laughs> Next time I come over to your house, your yard just has several yes. of those. Oh, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lisa. Yeah. Uh, if you had to um, marry a stranger that you met on Craigslist, MySpace, Facebook or Twitter, which website would you choose? Oh my God. <laughs> List the options again. Craigslist, MySpace, okay, Facebook, so, so not, Twitter. Not MySpace. Not MySpace. Not Facebook. So Craigslist or Twitter. Okay. Feels like we're playing MASH. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up millennial MASH. <laughs> um, millennials, do millennials like Craigslist? I feel like, I, you know what I like about Craigslist? It hasn't changed yeah in so long it's like it's pretty much the same pretty aside much the from same. not having the erotic services i know which is a bummer um i mean not that i use i just like you know i feel yeah. like whatever um uh, i would craigslist craigslist seems risky yeah I feel like Twitter, I get a little more information, not necessarily, but it feels like there's more to dig through there, more they of a history, be, yeah. I'll pick Twitter. Pick Twitter. Even though right. Twitter's terrible, and I like, I would prefer Craigslist generally. But all right, I uh, I did have a singles ad on Craigslist once a long time ago. Oh really? And I got so many weird responses. 
and i was like did you ever meet anyone i was like 22 i went over to this guy's house and oh, no he was like in his 40s and he kept saying he was friends with vincent gallo <laughs> everything oh, about man. this is a red flag <laughs> and we like listened to records in his apartment and um and then he was like let's you know smoke some he had something it was like oregano though it wasn't weed oh no so we tried smoking it and i was like this is just like an herb what is this um and then he like kind of started to reach for me to like you know get a little handsy and i was like okay goodbye and i left <laughs> wow <laughs> holy shit right yeah that was a different time there was a time in college when me and my friend tried to like, we posted on the strictly platonic mm -hmm. section of Craigslist to be like, we are two college girls and we want you to take us ahead to dinner. And we are not going to uh, do anything with you, but we are cute. That and is so broad city. I don't know why. It's just so. <laughs> and we got a bunch of replies and I got immediately freaked out. Yeah. Because who would go. do that? Who would want the company of like two? It was, it was no one who actually wanted a platonic thing. Yeah who would want to have dinner with two young college women just for funsies? Like, yeah, it's unless they were also a college. Well, financial person. domination, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Or like people who wanted to be rejected and humiliated. Like that's a thing, but it was like, these are not concepts that I knew about. So I was like, I can't see a reason why this should happen. It'd be fine if you'd done it, but it's just so risky too. You yeah. just never know. You never know. Uh. <laughs> that concludes one on fun. We'll be right back with wiki of the week. Maximum Fun's new sci-fi comedy podcast, Bubble, is coming to San Diego Comic-Con on July 21st. At 1 p.m., Bubble cast members Travis McElroy, Cristela Alonzo, Eliza Skinner, Allison Becker, Mike Mitchell, Jordan Morris, and Danielle Radford will be signing autographs. Tickets are required, but free. Then at 5 p.m., the cast will participate in a panel moderated by Jesse Thorne, held at the San Diego Central Library. For more information, visit MaximumFun.org slash SDCC. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. Uh, this week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Herbie. Thank you, Herbie. Herbie. Um, it's the Wikipedia page for Amy Bach. Uh, Amy Maud Bach uh, was a Tasmanian-born New Zealand female confidence trickster and male impersonator whose trials and cross-dressing interlude have made her a subject of perennial historical interest in her adopted country. This is an interesting thing because it's like the language, if this was a person who was alive today, the language that we use to describe her might be different. Yeah, because I didn't know what a confidence trick or trick was and it's like a con it's man. a con man yeah, yeah yeah oh i just meant also because like they're calling her a male impersonator oh but right yes there's a chance that this is someone who would actually identify as male but oh yeah we have to use the language that we have on this page yeah uh and there's a picture of her uh yeah like it calls her her yeah. she she her and yeah. i think yeah. we're just gonna stick with that pronoun just because that's what's in the page yeah Early life. 
1859 to 1884. Bach was born to Alfred Bach and Mary Ann Parkinson in Hobart, Tasmania in 1859. Her family was itinerant, moving from Hobart to Sale, Victoria, and finally settled in Melbourne after 1874. Mary Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne. I'm not going to correct you. That's Melbourne. just like the craziest way that they pronounce that. I love there. it. Melbourne. Uh, Mary Ann Parkinson was in fragile mental and physical health and died soon afterwards in a psychiatric institution. For the next decade of her life, Amy Bach worked as a teacher in Gippsland, Victoria, until she encountered legal trouble after she was found to have received goods under false pretenses in 1884. Alfred Bach persuaded her to emigrate to New Zealand, where he lived in Auckland with his second wife. Criminal career. 1884 to 1907. After she settled in New Zealand, Bach found work as a governess, but this position was to prove short-lived. After a few weeks of employment, she began what would later become a habitual pattern that involved emotional inducements to her employers to part with their money. I love this. Or subterfuge (laughs) designed to secure their property, followed by her flight and then tearful and repentant return, pleading the malignant influence of her kleptomaniac mother on her perennial habit of theft. Mm. Ooh, I love that. Bach first came before the New Zealand courts in April 1886 at the resident magistrate's court in Wellington. As in Gippsland, she was charged with receiving stolen goods in Christchurch and sentenced to one month's imprisonment at Addington Prison in that same city. So she would like convince people to give them her stuff and then Mm -hmm. leave and then come back crying and be like, my mom made me do it. And her mom is dead. Yeah. But maybe she meant her stepmom. By July 1887, she was back before the court on fraud charges and sentenced to six months detention at Caversham Industrial School in Dunedin. The governor was impressed by her manners and social skills and offered her a position as a teacher after she was released in January 1888. However, she was found to be engineering her escape through correspondence with a supportive but fictitious aunt. (laughs) What? What? Oh, like she was like corresponding with a fake aunt who was like, I will... Yeah. Oh, my God. She left the school and took up independent music instruction only to fall afoul of the law once again. She was back in court in April 1888 for her habitual offense of receiving goods under false pretenses. What does that mean? Yeah. Receiving goods under false pretenses. No. Like maybe she was like, I am going to give you money for this and then wouldn't. Oh, no. She was sentenced to another two months of imprisonment. In 1889, Bach shifted to Akaroa on Banks Peninsula, near Christchurch. She again found work as a governess, but re-offended and was sentenced to concurrent six-month sentences for theft and false pretenses in April 1889. On release, she returned to Dunedin, where she served as a housekeeper until June 1890, when she tried to pawn her employee's chattel. <laughs> her employers. Employers. Chattel. Yeah. What's a chattel? Personal property. Oh, okay. Yeah. Old-fashioned words. Old-fashioned word. So she, oh my gosh, she really can't stay away from crime. Don't give her objects. (laughs) (laughs) Under false pretenses. Any pretense is a false pretense with this one. (laughs) After a three-year period of imprisonment, Bach resettled in Timaru at the quarters of the local branch of the Salvation Army, but was later apprehended trying to pond pawn her landlady's watch in April 1993. <laughs> in November 1893, she moved to Oamaru, where she once more obtained money by false pretenses, tried to defraud a furniture seller, and was imprisoned again in January 1894. She just loves lying. God. Um, 
after Bro- Bach's last interim conviction, she seemed to have finally reformed. Yeah, spending- right. <laughs> <laughs> Spending some time at a Catholic-run Magdalene Asylum for fallen women until she resurfaced in 1902, masquerading as Molly Mary Shannon. Oh, Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon. <laughs> cool. She joined the cast of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Early. Man, Saturday Night Live is old. Um, she defrauded investors of sums required to start a fictitious poultry farm. <laughs> poultry farm opened by someone named Bach chickens and was again imprisoned for two years in March 1903. She earned remission for good behavior and was freed late in 1904. She found work as Rakaya as Amy Chanel, but was later found to have tried to alter a check and served a three year sentence. Amazing. My God, everything she that just can't comes stop. into her hands is like <laughs> to- totally not, <laughs> yeah. not kosher. <laughs> and also I love how documented all of this is. Yeah. Why? In 1907, she was released and lived quietly in Christchurch for a year. In 1908, she became a housekeeper to Arthur Valance and tried to pawn his furniture, eluding apprehension by inventing another fictitious aunt, a Miss Charlotte Skevington. At this, I, I don't understand how the ants help her get out of shit. I know. I'm an ant. I don't think I'm going to do anything like that. She's just like constantly catfishing herself. Yes. <laughs> At this point, Bach began her most audacious masquerade as a male. This is the most editorialized sentence in the entire thing. I know. Percy Redwood. Oh, such a good name. 1908. As Percy Leonard Carroll Redwood, an affluent Canterbury sheep farmer, Bach holidayed at Port Melano on the South Otago coast, where Percy wooed Agnes Ottaway, the daughter of the landlady. Bach maintained her male impersonation through adept use of letters purported to be from lawyers, postal orders, and small loans. Percy and Agnes even married on the 21st of April, 1909, but it was not to last as the groom was arrested at his mother-in-law's hotel three days after the wedding. It was at the time of the arrest was when Agnes discovered the secret behind Percy. Uh, Bach was taken back to the Dunedin Supreme Court and was declared a habitual criminal. Wow. Wow. When the petition for an annulment of the marriage was heard in the Supreme Court, counsel reminded the judge that the situation was not unprecedented in Dunedin and commented on the earlier Lands v. Triquere case where two women had lived together for eight years before parting ways. The fact of a woman like Agnes, Agnes Ottaway marrying another woman in ignorance of the bridegroom's sex is remarkable enough, but what is to be thought of a couple that kept it up for eight years, he asked. I think we know the answer to that now. Yeah, seems which fine. Which is, they wanted to. It was totally fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't harm anyone. <laughs> Um, later life, 1911 to 1943. Upon her release in 1911, Amy Bach worked at a new Plymouth retirement home and married Charles Christofferson, a Swedish immigrant, in 1914. Due to Bach's indebtedness, the, marri- the marriage foundered within that year. By February 1917, she appeared before the new Plymouth Magistrates Court on further fraud charges and was fined 20 pounds. Fourteen years later, she appeared at the Auckland Supreme Court in October 1931, where she had been remanded to face multiple charges of financial fraud. Oh, my gosh. Bach was given a two-year suspended sentence conditional on her probationary residence at a Salvation Army home. She complied with the order and settled down in her twilight years. Bach died on August 29, 1943. <laughs> she finally settled down. Yeah. <laughs> She's had a posthumous career posthumous career in New Zealand feminist studies, where her active criminal career and gender masquerade have aroused interest. 
It is possible that the Percy Redwood masquerade might suggest that she was either lesbian or bisexual, although Agnes Ottaway quickly had the marriage annulled when she found out her husband's actual gender. More recently, she has been the subject of a historical autobiography. Very interesting. I Um, love... Would make a good movie. It'd make a great movie. Yeah. Um, Very curious about everything about how is she so good at crime? How is she so good at lying? I don't think I could ever keep up any of the facades that she did. If you look up pictures of her on on Google, there's like one where she has like a little oh yeah cute straw hat and like a pipe in a her pipe. mouth and yeah, um, she's a handsome woman. Yeah, man, New Zealand back in those days, what was going on? Yeah, uh, New Zealand is fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I want to go there. Yeah, me too. It's so far away. It is very far away. Would take, well, you've been to Australia, though. I've been to Australia, yeah. New Zealand's not that much I further. I was pretty, pretty jet-lagged. Yeah. Yeah, but it was worth it. <sighs> it seems go. like it's worth it only if you can stay for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would want to go back. Um, you know, mostly to receive goods under false pretenses. Oh, Because I've heard it's yeah. a very good place for that. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to receive goods there under normal pre- <laughs> pretenses. <laughs> This um this is like totally unrelated, but this reminded me of this thing I stumbled across today. It's a service that this woman offers in LA. This is the most LA thing I've ever heard of. Um, for $150, she will teach you how to strengthen your connection to your objects and in turn yourself. What? She's, so it's ha- like the opposite of Marie Kondo. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but, but she's also really into minimalism. So this, this person is currently like, Oh, sorry. There's like dog noise in the background. Um, yeah. she's currently getting rid of all of her objects so that she can like start over from scratch, which I think it, is like kind of a bougie thing. Um, cause if you can do that, you're very privileged. Um, yeah. How can your objects better serve you? How can you strengthen your relationship to objects in your life? Um, I'll allow your objects to guide you to living with intention. Our objects can either take us further away from ourselves or they can bring us closer to who we truly are. Like I, is this one of those people who's married to a lamp? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no. Um, I, I almost like it, but it's just so <laughs> LA to pay someone to teach you how to relate to the things you own. Yeah. Ah! We have a pretty low bar for like what, constitutes a class here. yeah we you do know what i mean yeah like maybe i, I should take it maybe just to see what <laughs> did i tell you i took transcendental meditation classes this past week at no work? you didn't we tell me that free oh um, my god was yeah. it good it was fine was it boring um it wasn't boring it was like it's definitely a much flashier name than what it actually is mm-hmm. it's like it's not you don't go to another plane of existence it's just about sitting there really yeah um, and I kind of liked it, but then, um, I missed a class and then I didn't go to the next one. And then I, the guy cornered me and was like, you can come to the center and finish them. And I was like, no, thank you. I mean, I, yes, I will give me your card. <laughs> oh <my> uh, God. <laughs> um, I felt bad. It was like a gift from my boss, but, uh, I, I appreciated doing it, but, uh, it was also like, I don't know if it, I will ever do it. <laughs> I might ask you more about this. Often. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. The classes were like really just the same thing over and over again of just him being like there's no wrong way to do it it's okay to have thoughts just come back to your mantra but i got a mantra i got a secret mantra oh sweet i'm not allowed to tell you oh i want to know it i'm sorry you can't <laughs> um, 
this is definitely i'm like any hobby that involves me keeping a secret is not a hobby (laughs) (laughs) i can't do that (laughs) yeah why would i do a hobby if i couldn't tell everyone everything about it what's the point yeah uh yeah it's just for me who cares yeah how does that benefit anyone i want my brain to work better but it was one of those things where i felt like i was like i have a, a lot of questions that are related to adhd about this and he was like just put those things out of your mind and i was like that's not how it works yeah. i can't because there were times when i was like what happens if i have a thought that's not about the things like just come back to like it's okay to have those thoughts don't like because yeah, i was like because sometimes it takes concentration to come back to my mantra yeah and he was like it shouldn't take concentration. You should just come back to it. And I was like, well, if it doesn't, if I don't concentrate on it, then I'll just follow the thought. Yeah. That also is bad. <laughs> and I, I don't, th- I felt like he didn't really have an answer for that. I'm so bad at that. I, I like doing meditation with the headspace app, but oh, I, should I often just listen to it while I think about anything I want. Cause yeah. I, I, it's so hard for me to not. I, yeah, I don't know. If but it still helps me. me. I don't know. It's relaxing. Yeah. I mean, I definitely got ASMR from him teaching Mm, it to me. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. Cool. That concludes Wiki of the Week. (laughs) (laughs) Wiki, wiki, wiki. Uh, It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? I learned I should have a bag of toilet cheese ready to go. You should. I kind of knew that, but I haven't done it. So I, I'll sh- I should do it. Do it for your next trip or just order doubles of your things right now. That's smart. Or travel bottles that you can pour your current. Do you get into. like doubles of makeup and stuff too? Or just. Yeah. Or I just have like, yeah, I have, I have doubles of makeup, but I should probably get new ones because I threw out a bunch of old makeup when I moved. Yeah. Makeup yeah. goes, goes bad. Yeah. Turns out. Yeah. Fuck. Gotta get rid of a lot of stuff. It feels so good to throw that shit out when you move. You're yeah. Like, oh, I don't use this. Yeah. Um, I learned that, um, I don't know if I learned anything today, Lisa. Really? Yeah. You I learned know. a little about Amy Bach. That's true. I uh, learned who Amy Bach was and I think that might be it. That's fine. My that's brain okay. hurts. It's a little hot. Yes. Yeah. In the afternoon. And that's how that goes. Listen, and I learned that you're a fucking Craigslist slut. That's right. <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't put out. That's true. God, shout out to anyone who did do sex yeah. work on there. That's that's cool. I hope that uh, I dabbled and it just wasn't for me. I hope that soon Craigslist reintroduces the exo- erotic services section. Yeah, there needs to be a place for that because otherwise it's just unsafe. Yeah, and people need a safe way to do the work that everyone wants yes <laughs> needs to be a legitimate place for that in our society <laughs> agreed uh please continue to rate us five stars on itunes um write us emails send us wiki links baby genuses podcast at gmail.com and, and goodbye Genius, we know everything. Baby genius, we know everything. 
Hi, this is Jay Keith Van Stratton, host of Go Fact Yourself here on the Maximum Fun Network. On Go Fact Yourself, we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. Paul, by the way, how much do you know about chicken husbandry? You gotta give them that grain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> gotta give them that grain. And then smart again. What future Hall of Fame pitcher for the Cleveland Indians became the first active player to enlist? Bob Feller. When- oh, okay. <laughs> We've got me... Co-host Helen Hong, plus celebrity guests and actual surprise experts. In the coming weeks, you can hear guests like Maria Bamford, Tom Bergeron, Paul F. Tompkins, Janet Varney, and Grant Imahara. And if you're in the New York area, come check us out live. We're doing two shows there on July 21st and July 22nd. Go to GoFactorPod.com for tickets and more. We'll see you in New York or on the first and third Friday of every month here on the Maximum Fun Network. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.